The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know how something can happen that feels like a really big negative thing in your life and then later it turns out to be a blessing in disguise? Well, that's what happened with my guest today, Anna Grady. Anna Grady is going to share with us what happened in her life that created this amazing transformation for her. And she shares her wake-up call and how she became a confidence coach for women in technology. Anna uses science-backed tools, and she helps her clients increase their confidence, accelerate their performance, and build strong relationships. In 2010, she co-founded and scaled an ed tech company into a multi-million dollar business. She was a COO and the head of HR, but noticed a huge gender gap in the industry. So after a successful exit in 2020, she created her coaching business, And her purpose is to help close the gender confidence gap and to accelerate equality in the tech industry by empowering women. And she is here to empower us all. So tune in. I'm Stephanie James, psychotherapist and transformation coach, and you are listening to Igniting the Spark, where each week we bring you inspirational guests to help you ignite your joy, happiness, and well-being. Together, we can illuminate the world. Welcome to Igniting the Spark. I am so happy to be here with Anna Grady. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's an honor to be here with you today. Thank you so much. How are your holidays so far? So far, so good. I'm in Canada, so we celebrate Thanksgiving in October, but the kids and I are gearing up for Christmas. We're very excited. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, I'm so interested in what you do, and we've had a chance to visit now a couple of times, and it's great that we're getting this one recorded. Uh, You do something really special, which is that you're a confidence coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a confidence coach for women in the tech industry primarily. Okay. So tell, tell us what, what about that is important for women in the tech industry in particularly? Yeah, it all started when I co-founded and scaled an ed tech company from 2010 to 2020. And that's where I saw the real gender gap in the industry. 
it was so hard to hire and retain female software developers. In 11 years of rapid revenue growth, only 15% of the total number of software developers hired by my company were women. So when I had my exit in 2020, I decided to start my coaching business to support women navigate the male-dominated tech industry. And in all the coaching conversations I've had, I keep hearing about lack of confidence as the number one reason holding women back from thriving in their tech careers. Wow. Yes. And and I imagine there's overlap for people that aren't in the tech industry. Not that not that that's particularly your customer. Yeah. Gaining confidence. What a, what an important thing for all of us when we're going towards goals or trying to improve our lives in some way. A hundred percent. And I firmly believe that confidence is a skill you can build. Yeah. Yes. Well, and talk a little bit about your own journey into confidence building and and needing to to have confidence in your own life. Yeah. So I've always struggled with confidence since I was a little girl. I was very shy. I didn't want to take risks or make mistakes. And both of those are key to confidence building. And then everything kind of changed for me when I was blindsided by a very painful divorce about five years ago. And that's when I hired my own coach to help me pick up the pieces of my life. And that put me on this journey of self-discovery and personal growth and learning to build my confidence. So what are some of those essential steps that we can use to start building that part of who we are? Great question. So I've developed a science-based confidence coaching method that I put my clients through. So it starts with building your emotional intelligence, kind of that self-awareness piece, understanding what areas of emotional intelligence you're strong in, what areas you're weak in, and what you could do to boost up those lower areas, to reduce your reactivity, to strengthen your relationships, to improve your communication. And then step number two, I would say, is learning to completely change the way you talk to yourself. All of us have an inner critic. And we don't need to talk to ourselves this way. We wouldn't talk to a friend or family member this way. So why do we talk to ourselves this way? So my method is all about kind of changing that inner dialogue. And then I would say step three is learning to fail fast, kind of get outside your comfort zone, try new things, take risks. And by doing that, you build competence in new skills, which then gives you the confidence to keep trying new things. And it's kind of a loop. Yeah, I absolutely see where all, all of these things are just the essential pieces. Let's let's unpack these a little bit. Let's sure. let's talk a little bit about the emotional intelligence piece because we know one of the predictors of success is not how high someone's IQ is, but actually how high their EQ is, which is their emotional quotient, which has to do with emotional intelligence. Yes. Yeah, our IQ is fixed at about age 17 and doesn't typically change, but our EQ can be developed and grown over time. And I always say that EQ is the key to leadership, success, happiness, and confidence. It's understanding your emotional world and interpreting the emotions of others and being able to balance out like assertiveness and empathy to have effective communication with others. So it's it's not just knowing your own emotions, it sounds like, but being a better reader yeah. of others as well. And, and then there's that communication piece in there that goes hand in hand when we are able to do that. 
Yeah. And so many of my clients are people pleasers with very high empathy and empathy is a superpower, but taken too far, you neglect yourself and struggle to stand up for yourself at work and at home, which can really hurt your confidence. What an important point. You know, that reminds me of Pauline Wynn, um, who is an international thought leader that was at one of my women's retreats um, a year ago in June. And I remember when she was first talking about that, about that we can have too much empathy. At first, that just really struck me because I was like, oh, can you really? And I get it because it does cross that line when it's about oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to compromise who I am because I just want to please these people and not get in trouble. A hundred percent. And we all know that if we fill our own cup first, put our own oxygen mask on first, we can show up the best for our colleagues and for our loved ones. But especially as women, we're conditioned to focus on everybody else before us. And that can lead to burnout and so much stress. So you spend a certain amount of time helping people to gain and build this sense of emotional intelligence. Yeah. So in some ways, I mean, it's almost like psychotherapy in a little bit of a way, <laughs> right? Because you're helping people to understand themselves better, to express yeah. themselves better. A hundred percent. So I always make the distinction. Therapy focuses on the past to heal you so you can function in the present. And coaching takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in the future. It's very action-oriented, very forward-looking, but there's definitely er areas of overlap with the two approaches. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for making that distinction because it, myself in both of those roles as a transformation coach and as a psychotherapist, I feel like that's part of the joy of what I get to do is, is help people to do that healing process and then in a differentiated role, get to take them, just like you're saying, from like that healed place where I feel like, okay, I do have some confidence now. I do have some courage. I'm able to move forward and then to really help them skyrocket to those next levels in their life. That's awesome. I love that you do both, Stephanie. Thank you. Well, and what a rewarding job for you. So let's, let's, what was the middle one that you said? The middle yeah, that was reducing your negative self-talk. So oh my God, yes. Yeah, completely changing the way you talk to yourself. Yes, yes, yes. This is so important, this negative self-chatter. What do you recommend for people when they notice? Because as you said, everybody has a certain amount of this negative chatter. Yeah. It's really inherent to how we are, but really learning some great coping skills so that it's not running the show sounds imperative. It really is. And yeah, our brains are hardwired to focus on the negatives for survival reasons, but we need to get past that and retrain our brains to focus on the positive. And there are a few practical things you can do for that. The first step is noticing those negative voices when they come up to simply noticing. And then the second step is to personify or give a name to the voice. Like I call my voice, the dominatrix. I kind of think she's sitting on my shoulder, judging me saying things like, you sound stupid or you will fail. So once you kind of create that persona, it separates it from yourself and it's not you. It's just this voice that you can kind of tell to go away. And I even catch myself and say, stop talking to yourself that way. I think that's brilliant. You know, I love that. I don't know if I shared this with you in our past conversation, but when I worked for an elementary school, we literally called that voice worry bullies. 
And I would have the kids imagine like this, you know, snaggletooth, horrible little monster that would sit on your shoulder and whisper these things to you that aren't true. And so what the lessons were is how do you teach them to get lost, to flick that off your shoulder and so that it starts having less power. And the other thing I wanted to say to you is 100%, the first thing I always say you know, the, the point of power is in the present moment. And that is in awareness that it's even happening because so often it's this unconscious or subconscious voice that we're so used to, and it's habitual. We don't even notice that it's really happening. Yeah. It's that awareness and getting more into your body, like using mindfulness techniques, meditation, just focusing on physical sensations in the present moment gets you into your body and out of those negative thoughts. Yeah. So brilliant. That's how we can actually start changing the channel. When we notice like, oh, my throat's tight, my chest aches, my guts hurt, you know, to examine what's going on because we know the the mind body connection is so powerful. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one that you were saying, I don't know why I'm having these ADD moments and I can't remember (laughs) the steps, but yeah. So this great one about minimizing chatter the really raising emotional intelligence, understanding more deeply empathy. And then the third. Third is learning to fail fast. Getting outside your comfort zone, taking risks, trying new things. And that's the key to building confidence. The definition of confidence that resonates the most with me and that's backed up by research is confidence is your willingness to try. Love that. Yes. So, so in confidence, there is risk. Yeah. Yeah. And by trying new things, you build competence in a new skill and building that competence naturally boosts your confidence. And it's this confidence, competence loop that keeps continuing. And it starts with like a little action, like speaking up, trying something new, stopping procrastinating, just one little action to be on your road to building confidence. And you have to be willing to try no matter if you're scared or not. Yeah. Yeah. So even if there is fear there yeah, to, to do it anyway, and, and maybe just move the needle. It doesn't have to be this huge thing at first. It's yeah. just moving that needle a little bit, trying something new. And I, I love it. I had this gentleman, this wonderful man, uh, Justin Morales on the show, probably five years ago. And the phrase that he used, he is a serial entrepreneur And one of the things I love that he talked about is failing forward. Yeah. You know, really that concept of knowing that you're going to fail. And and in that, that reminds me of Kurt Richardson, who is the inventor of OtterBox, which is, you know, the case we put on our phones. He talked about, I mean, I can't even tell you how many thousands of phones he said he broke, dropping them off a third story building to see if the case worked, you know? And so, but each, each time it broke, each time there was a failure, it was information. Yes. So it wasn't a true failure. It was like, okay, I want to do this different. I can look at this and say, okay, what else? Yeah. What is there here to do differently? I love that. Yeah. The first time you try something new, you'll likely fail. But if you try again, you'll fail a little bit less next time. And I love reframing failure as feedback. Ooh, I love that too. That's so great. 
So instead of having to go like, because I think so often when we do something, if we fail, unfortunately, that negative chatter comes up and many uh, people hear the message, oh, I'm a failure instead of, oh, I just failed at yes. this task or at this thing I tried. And I love that. Instead of saying I failed, it's like, no, I have feedback now. Yeah. You know, and the reality is we'd all be sitting in the dark if Thomas Edison <laughs> stopped, you know, when, when he failed. He had over 2000 failures before he developed light bulb. Yeah. And if we stopped trying to learn to walk when we were toddlers, we wouldn't be walking. We fall how many times before we learn to walk? Yeah, I love I love that saying. I've, I've heard like a comedian or someone talk about that and say, oh, if you just stopped when you fell down the first couple of times, what do we say to our kids? Sorry, you're just not a walker. <laughs> you know? We're not going to say that. We keep trying and we keep trying and eventually we can achieve mastery at these things. 100%. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Anna, talk a little bit about in your own life. Is there a time that you failed forward and you learned something from that and then were really able to overcome it? A hundred percent. I've been terrified of public speaking most of my life. I tried to avoid it in my career and it really hurt my career and my confidence. So I was determined to tackle it. A couple of years ago, I joined Toastmasters and it was terrifying at first, but my first speech, yeah, it was kind of a disaster, but I recovered from that small failure. And now I do speeches and workshops and I learn from each speech and workshop and I've conquered that fear. Nothing feels better than facing your fears and getting over something that used to really hold you back in your life. What's it like for you now when you go on stage or you're in front of a bunch of people? I mean, are there still nerves there or, or what do you notice now? Yeah, there's definitely always nerves, but I try to reframe the nerves as excitement. So I'm not scared or nervous. I'm excited. And I think that your body goes through the same physiological response to excitement and, and nerves. So that has really helped. And just like 
the concept that you can choose your perspective on anything. So I choose to be excited and see this as an opportunity versus something I might fail at. And even if I do fail, I learn. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, there's so many wonderful things you've said about reframing in this. And, and that sounds like that's such an important building block on our way to confidence. What do you notice from your clients? Can you talk a little bit about some of their journeys? Yeah, that's one of the questions I always ask. Like, what is a, another perspective that would serve you better? So just seeing the situation, the struggle, the challenge from a different angle and seeing what would serve them the most. Because we can choose any perspective on any situation in our life. So an example, um, one of my friends, he was laid off after four and a half years at a company, at a tech company. And at first he felt anger, he felt some fear with this uncertain job market. And then he started to think about it and realized he wasn't actually happy in that role. And this is an opportunity, this is exciting. So when he tried on the perspective of excitement, it kind of opened up more opportunities and he didn't get held back by his fear. That's so great. That's so wonderful. So you do, do you work with men as well or? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not just empowering women, although that sounds like that was really important to you. Yeah. That's my focus is to empower women. And my mission is to accelerate equality in the tech industry by empowering women, but I do have some male clients too. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So what for you right now becomes your next challenge? What is your next goal as, as you kind of practice all of this yourself? Yeah. So I'm in the business building phase. I've been doing a lot of speeches and workshops. So I want to keep, keep up the momentum for 2024. I have a couple different projects. I want to get more into videos, maybe create a confidence course. So those are the things I'm kind of playing with right now. Beautiful. So let me ask you this too. If if someone right now is noticing that they feel insecure or they're feeling like, I don't even know how I'd start doing these steps, what might be a first little step for them to help them start building and gaining confidence? I think just that concept that confidence is your willingness to try. So just setting some small goals of trying new things or even speaking up more at the next meeting, like set a goal. I want to speak up three times at my next work meeting, for example. And yeah. And the other approach that works really well is journaling, just that self-awareness confidence building all starts with self-awareness. So understanding who you are and, and what you want in the future can really be a great first step for building confidence. I love that idea with the journaling. It's almost like you can practice what you want to say, you know, yeah. writing it down and and being able to be like, okay, I can visualize myself in this situation and then to really practice it. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's so much power putting pen to paper, like not typewriting, but like physical pen and physical paper. I always recommend that my clients have a journaling practice. Yeah, I think, yeah, journaling is so powerful. And this all reminded me too of a client I had years ago and had permission to write about in my first book, The Spark. And she had just gotten divorced after 16 years in marriage. And she found herself, I mean, she was a young woman. She'd gotten married early. So she was just like in her mid thirties, about 36 years old. And she said, you know, I'm just afraid I don't have anything interesting to say. And that, you know, guys aren't going to find me interesting. I don't really know how to date. And so 
we took that limiting belief. And just like you're saying, you know, what is it that you want to believe about yourself instead? Well, she wanted to feel confident. She wanted to feel interesting. And I said, well, let's, first of all, let's rehearse it in your mind. So we did kind of this visualization of what it would feel like. She had an event coming up, this social event, and she was going to go to this party. She was very nervous. And our whole thing was, how do you try on confidence? Just like you were trying on a new outfit, right? So it was really fun. And we rehearsed it. And then we set it up like an experiment, like a scientific experiment that she would go and she would just notice like, okay, I had a positive response. I had a neutral response. I had, you know, so it's positive, neutral or negative. And she came back the next week and she said, okay, at one point I found myself in between this doorway with these two guys vying for my attention. And she was like, oh my gosh, you know, like that limiting belief could no longer stick because you had the willingness to show up and just say, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to be there and see, you know, with, with more of a lens of curiosity than anxiety. I love that so much. And yeah, it's so interesting how there's often a disconnect between how other people view us and our confidence level and how we view ourselves. And there can be quite a disconnect there. And it's, yeah, it's about putting yourself in these new situations and it gets easier each time you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just think that this, this is such an important conversation for people. And a lot of people, you know, are going to be looking at what are my new year's goals? And a lot of those things are going to require confidence. Ah. And, and this risk taking, you know, that you're, that you're speaking of, what would you encourage people to do as, as they're looking at kind of this, this new time of year, is it important that we have coaches and mentors and people to help guide us or what can really help people on their path towards more confidence and accomplishing their goals? I love that. That's a great question. I think, yeah, it starts out with understanding who we are and focusing on our strengths, kind of celebrating successes over the past year before we kind of move into 2024 and creating those healthy habits that really will take your life to the next level, whether it be fitness, mindfulness, a gratitude practice, things like that to really boost your self-care and and your self-awareness and relying on your support network, reaching out to coaches, mentors, friends, just kind of surrounding yourself with people that uplift you and make you feel better about who you are. Oh, I think that's wonderful. That reminds me of that quote, you know, this is in Jack Canfield's book, Success Principles, that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So yeah, yeah, so it's like, okay, I want to make sure if I want to accomplish these goals, I'm surrounding myself with people that are also encouraging me and supporting me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about setting those boundaries too. Like you want to surround yourself with people that make you feel good about who you are and who you feel uplifted in their presence. And a lot of people don't necessarily have that circle around them. So sometimes we need to set boundaries and kind of pick and choose who we spend our time with. 100%. Yes. You know, there's a chapter in my other new book. Um, I'm not <laughs> trying to promote myself here, but there, but it's really called uh, Purge What Doesn't Serve. Yeah. And it really, that chapter speaks exactly what we're talking about. It's like getting rid of limiting beliefs, looking at, you know, what doesn't serve me as a belief, what doesn't serve me as a behavior, 
what doesn't serve me material wise? Like if I've just got a bunch of clutter or I've got things that I really don't love in my physical space, how do I, you know, get rid of that and relationships that sometimes we actually have to purge our relationships in order to thrive and in order to accomplish those next steps in our life. Yeah. And that's hard to do, but it's often necessary and a fresh year, fresh start to kind of assess our situation, our social situation, our work situation, and how we want to show up the best for ourselves and our loved ones in 2024. Oh, that's so perfect. Well, Anna, as as we're coming to the end of time right now, I, I would love to hear from you. Number one, how can people get a hold of you? Let's do that first. Or how can people find out more about you? Sure. Yeah, I can be reached on my website, www.annagradie.com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. I also have a newsletter you can sign up for. And when you do, you get a copy of my free five-step confidence booster guide. Ooh, awesome. Wonderful. That would be a great start for people into the new year to have that information. So do that. I'm encouraging everyone. And Anna, what is the essential message that you want to leave with the audience? Confidence is a skill you can build at any age and after any setback in your life. Wow. And you are a testament to that. (laughs) Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah, you truly are. I, I think about one of the ways I met you was through David Hall and you know the you two were connected on the introvert podcast yes. that he does and to just think that you went through your own as we all do you know challenges and difficulties and overcame those and that you're thriving what a great success story thank you so much i always say that from the greatest adversity brings the deepest wisdom and my divorce was that for me yeah absolutely agree Okay. Well, thank you so much, Anna. Such a joy to have you on the show. Thank you for being here on Igniting the Spark. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. So I feel like Anna was really helpful in showing us how we can really tune in to our inner selves. And through that, we can grow our emotional intelligence we can grow our confidence and improve our well-beings. Through overcoming challenges, Anna showed us how she really turned things around for herself and was able to move into a place where she was utilizing her passion that was created when she found the confidence within her to leave that multi-million dollar business and to really pursue what was important in her life. And that was really serving others. And as she became empowered, she helped empower other women. And that is my hope for you, listener, that as you listen to this, you think about what things you've been through that you may be actually able to utilize as something that ignites that spark in you that then becomes your gift to the world. We all have gone through difficult and challenging times. And when you think about what were the things that helped me succeed? What were the things that really helped me to move ahead in my life and thrive? Those are things you can also share with others. I always say, we never know the sparks we might ignite in one another. Thanks for listening.
You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you so much for listening. And a special thanks to my amazing and magical producer, Tony Ficini. You can find Igniting the Spark on all podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you get every inspirational episode. For more information about this show, my books, my films, and my upcoming events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.